Notice what happens when you fall into sin. You become a prisoner of sin. Your eyes are darkened. You can't see. The anointing of God is gone from your life. And now you're bound as a slave to sin and to Satan. And you're in a place of torment mentally and in every way you could imagine. Imagine how Samson must have been thinking, man, I should have listened. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Well, it's good to have you with us for our continued focus on the spiritual ups and downs of biblical believers. Today, Roll will caution us to guard against the double-mindedness of Samson, a man who thought he could follow worldly temptations without harming his relationship with God. We'll see today that willful sin leads to painful consequences and can even cause harm in others' lives. Let's join Raul Reese now for today's teaching. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Judges, chapter 16. This is kind of a, a neat story, but it's a sad story concerning Samson. Because my, The title of my message will be Samson the Playboy. <laughs> Samson the Playboy. Because <laughs> he was a playboy. It's incredible when you think about Samson because you learn from Samson that he was unpredictable, undependable because of his double-minded attitude that he had. He was a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, the scripture says. And in his well-being, he said this, the greatest ability is dependability on God. Yet he did not depend on God, he depended on himself. He thought that he not only knew better than God, and his main problem was women. I think of all the pastors, teachers, leaders that have been deceived by women in leadership. Over the last 40 years, I've seen so many, so many, like Samson. These are guys that said, well, I will never, ever fall. I will never, ever do this. But all we have to do is remember, when we were in the world, we had no control of our lives. I didn't have no control of my life. I mean, I committed adultery for four and a half years with my wife. If I was a Christian, no guilt, no problem. Until the Holy Spirit began to work in my life. And I think of people today within the church, if we have the Holy Spirit of God, as Samson had the Holy Spirit, then why is it that Samson continued to be the man that he was? And at the same time, God has a plan for your life. And that plan is better than your plan if you truly submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And Samson had such an opportunity, such an opportunity to be one of the greatest judges with the Holy Spirit. He was very strong. We don't know uh, his physical appearance. Some say that he was like a muscle man. I don't know about that. It wasn't his muscles. It was the Spirit of God that gave him his strength. And that's what our strength is too in the Lord. The Holy Spirit baptizing our lives. And yet the life of Samson also is illustrating what an ancient truth. That God begins a work on someone and he finishes it. But what happens as he begins a good work, what happens we get in the way of the good work that God intended to do. By walking in the flesh. 
Let's go and see now. Let's look at the chapter and see what it has to say to us. Beginning in chapter 16, 1 to 3, we have Samson tempts himself here. Notice what it says. And now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went into her. And when the gaslights were told, Samson was, notice, had come uh, here. They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, in the morning, when he is daylight, we will kill him. So here, first of all, Samson is going to this prostitute's house. Some say that was his wife. It wasn't his wife. It was a prostitute. And he knew better according to the law of God. That you're not supposed to do this, and yet he was disobeying the word of God. Now, the enemy, when they heard that Samson was there with this prostitute, they decided, since Samson is here, let's wait until the morning, and when he comes out, we're going to slay him and kill him. Watch what he says, verse 3. And Samson laid low till midnight. And then he got up at midnight, took a hold of the doors and the gates of the city, and the two gateposts, pulled them up, the bars and all, put them on his shoulders, and he carried them to the top of all the hill that faces Hebron. All of a sudden, he did his mighty task as he was leaving, took the gates and put them on his shoulders and carried them 30 miles away and then dropped them off. Physically, man, it sounds great, but spiritually, he is weak. He may be strong physically, but weakness comes to the power of the Holy Spirit that he had given to him, and yet he did not use it the way God wanted to use it. Then he says this, verse 4, Samson's betray him. And afterwards it happened then he loved the woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. Notice that, Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him, find out where his strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may blind him and afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. We'll make you rich if you find out where his power is. Have you noticed that the enemy always wants to find out where your power is? They want to find out so they can make you weak. And you'll see here in a moment that the thing that Samson told Delilah was not the truth. Even Samson didn't understand where his power came from. He thought it was his hair. Watch this. Verse 6. And then Delilah said to Samson, Hey, please tell me where your great strength lies. He says, And with what you do may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak like other men. What is he doing? He's playing with God. What is he doing? He's playing around. He's playing with his woman. And at the same time, Satan, what does he do? He's asking you these questions. He's trying to deceive you. And you're playing with Satan when you're not supposed to be playing with Satan. Tell me where your strength and your secret is to become so strong. And what does he use? A woman. A woman to get his strength and his secret. Verse 7. And Samson said to her again, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weakest like other men. And then check this out. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings, and yet not yet dried, and she bound him with them. He, he allowed her to actually bind him down. What does sin do? Sin binds you down. It ties you up. Here, willfully, he's allowing her to be tied up. 
to prove his point. Verse 9. And now the men were lying in the wait, staying in the courtroom or in the room. And she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. And so the secret of the strand was not known. So this is the first time. I mean, don't you think you would learn from the first time when your enemy came to destroy you? But he, he's playing the game. It's like someone that knows the sexual thing is going to destroy you. But you're so bound by it that you're going to continue until finally God says, Okay, you want to continue? Okay, I leave you to do your thing. And then you get destroyed. God warns us. God speaks to our hearts. He lets you know exactly what needs to be done. Samson should have left her alone and he should have fled. Never ever played with Delilah. Being tempted himself. Verse 10. And then Delilah said to Samson, Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. She starts playing on his emotions. Oh, Samson, you lied to me. Why did you? You know how that is. <laughs> and he says, Now please tell me what you may be bound with. He, she keeps pursuing. The enemy wants to know where your strength lies. Where your strength is. And so he said to her, If they buy me securely with new robes that have never been used, then I shall become weak like any other men. Verse 12. And therefore Delilah took new robes, bound him with them, and said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room, but he broke them off his arms like a thread. Second temptation. Does he bind it by the word of God? Nope, he's playing a game. He's watching and see how much can I get away with before I get burned. This is what he's doing. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. We're committed to coming alongside you with the wisdom of God's word. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 for a variety of helpful resources, including this 20-part lesson, Men of the Bible series. Here's Roll now with the conclusion of today's teaching. And then verse 18, and then when Delilah saw that he told her all his heart, see, now I know this is the truth. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. Notice, when Satan finds out where your weakness is, then he's going to come like a flood. Come like a flood. He studies you every single day. And then he says, Come up at once. He says, Once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands, so they pay her off. Verse 19. And then she looted him to sleep on her knees and called for a man that had a shaver, shaved off his seven locks of hair, and then she began to torment him. His strength left him. Notice what it says there. And then she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke up from his sleep. Now listen to this. He laid on her lap. And God put a deep sleep in him because he didn't even feel when they cut his hair off. I mean, somebody's going to cut your hair, you wake up. But God allowed him to fall asleep and not wake up until the hair in his hair was gone. Self-confidence. Check this out. And then she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he got up from his sleep and said, I will go out as before, as other times. 
and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Underline that. The Lord had departed from him. God no longer was with him. You know what? That's what happens to so many people like Samson. When you continue in sin, you continue in sin and you're playing with sin, there's a point in time, there's a line where God says, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And what will he do? He took Samson's spirit, the spirit of God, and he departed from him. And then he says this. And then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. First of all, God takes the spirit out. And the second thing what Satan does, he takes your eyes out. He blinds you. Now Samson is blind. He has no eyes to see. The light has gone out. And then he says this. It says, and then they brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze and fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. Notice what happens when you fall into sin. You become a prisoner of sin. Your eyes are darkened. You can't see. The anointing of God is gone from your life. And now you're bound as a slave to sin and to Satan. And you're in a place of torment mentally and in every way you could imagine. Imagine how Samson must have been thinking, man, I should have listened. But I didn't listen. He did not listen to what God had to say to him. And then he says in verse 23, And now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, he says, Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. So they give glory to Dagon. And they think that Dagon is the one that gave Samson over to them. But it was really God. God allowed Samson to be defeated so that God could speak to Samson and Samson would wake up to the fact that he had been backslidden fully, completely from the Lord. He's here totally bound by Satan. And then it says, verse 24, And when the people saw him, they praised their God. Notice his testimony. No testimony. What does the enemy do? They start mocking you. They start laughing at you. They begin to praise their gods because they say, your God is not God. Look what happened to you because of our gods. Whenever we don't have a testimony, how can the world believe in what we believe? Jesus Christ. We've talked about that many times. There are so many people within the church, not just this church, but in every church, that not only come, they hear the word of God, and they try to read the word of God, and at the same time, their life never changes. Never changes. So their families, their friends, they don't see a great testimony in their lives. They don't believe it. Because they're continuing their sin. They continue to do the things they say they came out of, but they're still in bondage to sin and to Satan. Samson should have known better because God had his sin upon him. And then he says this, 25. So it happened. When their hearts were merry, that they said... Call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they call for Samson from the prison and he performed from them and they stationed him between the pillars. So here they're going to have a big old party, 3,000 people in the stadium. And they want to take the men of God and they want to make fun of him. They want to make a sport of him. So they bring him in with chains. He's blind. He can't see. And now here he is and they're mocking him and they're laughing at him. Because of what happened to him because of Satan. And then he says this. And so it happened. When their hearts were merry. 
that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. So they call for Samson from the prison and they perform for them. And then they station between the pillars. And then Samson said to the lad, then notice there was next to him, that held him by the hand. He said, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I may lean on them. So here is Samson knowing that he's blind, that God can't use him. And you think about Samson being not only tied up, I think of how many Christians like Samson that have been used by God and today they're not being used by God because of sin. Or they think they're being used by God, but they're not. They continue in the old things that God had done in their lives. They're always going to the past. But what about the present? Where are you spiritually today in the present, not in the past, today? And where are you heading into the future? We can all become like Samson. Not just women, not just men. It can be drugs, it can be I mean, alcohol, it can be so many things that can put you on the shelf. And again, it wasn't his hair. His hair began to grow, it said. But it wasn't his hair. Listen to what it says again in verse 27. And now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there. About 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Can you imagine that? They're watching Samson and they're making fun of him and they're mocking him. Are they truly mocking and making fun of Samson? No, it's God. Your God is not strong enough to help you. And here they're mocking and making fun of him. What did Samson do? He brought a bad name to the kingdom of God. A bad name. Because here he is, he's supposed to be a judge. He's supposed to be a man of God. And here they have him tied up. His eyes have been plucked out. He's going around a circle over and over and over. And now they're calling him to come and they're making fun of him. Mocking him, but mocking God. And then he says in 28, And then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me. I pray just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Lord, give me an opportunity to get even with these guys that have mocked you and made fun of you, Lord. Imagine how God must have felt when he heard the prayer of Samson. As he's there between the pillars, 3,000 people laughing, mocking, drinking, making a big scandal. And here is a servant of the Lord. What a picture of the servant of the Lord. In chains, no eyes, his hair began to grow, and yet totally defeated, and he's asking for one more chance. One more chance. And because God is love, and God cares for each one of us, and God is graceful, and He's merciful. What does He do? He gives you and me one more chance. Because He loves us. I don't care what you've done. He loves you and He loves me. That doesn't give us a right to continue in that sin. That makes you what? It makes you come to repentance in that sin. It cost Samson his life. His life. He had to die. And what's sad is when everything collapsed, where was Samson? At the bottom of the pile. Even though all those people died, Samson, the man of God, ended up at the bottom of the pile. Yet, God was willing to spare his soul. Just like he's willing to spare our souls. Verse 29. 
And Samson took a hold of the two pillars which supported the temple. And he braced himself against them, notice, one by his right hand, the other by his left. And then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at the death were more than he had killed in all of his lifetime. 3,000. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him. And they brought him up and buried him between Sora, Eshcol, and the tomb of his father, Manoah. And he had judged Israel 20 years. When you go to Israel and we sit on top of that little mountain, you can see Sora and you can see where Samson lived. And where Samson was totally taken by the bondage of sin. You know, sin not only becomes the king in your body, but sin will destroy you once and for all if you're not willing to listen to Jesus Christ. The grace that He gives to you, remember, when you sin, you grieve the Holy Spirit of God. In the Old Testament, when God filled him with the Holy Spirit, He had the Holy Spirit not only to convict him, and to share with him, and to lead him, but He willfully disobeyed God. He had a problem with women. A problem with women. Read Proverbs chapter 5, 6, 7, and 8. It talks about the whorish woman and what happens with the whorish women. To the point he says, Solomon said, Solomon's an expert on that. But he said this, that even to the point where the young man was walking down the street and there was a whorish woman. And she was out to seduce this young guy. And finally, she seduced him and told him this, my husband's gone on a journey. He took money with him. He won't be back for a long time. Why don't you come and let's make love for a long time? Read it. And then it says this, it gives the consequences of sin. It destroys your life emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Think of how many people today, because of the loss of the flesh and homosexuality, lesbianism, are dying of AIDS. Not only dying, contacting other men and other women. They have been contacted by AIDS. A couple of years ago, there was a young woman here, probably in her 30s, had two kids. And she came in totally, totally weeping and crying, broken. And she sat with me, she says, I want to let you know that my husband went out on me. And he never told me. And we had intimate moments together, and he's given me AIDS. She died two months later because of her husband. The story of Samson paints such a vivid picture of the destruction caused by willful, selfish sin. As you honestly evaluate your habits and motivations, we encourage you to make the necessary changes to better honor God in your life. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To review Raul's teaching titled Samson, the Playboy, call 800-634-9165. We'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Now, we'd also like to equip you with inspiration from Rawls' 20-part Men of the Bible series, now available on both CD and USB drive. As you delve into Scripture and explore the spiritual journeys of believers who've gone before you, you'll learn that ultimately what will set you apart with the Lord isn't your intellect or talent, but your humble submission to obedience. 
To order all's 20-part Men of the Bible series, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your CD set for a gift of $26 or the flash drive for $21. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources. Look for us on iTunes and Spotify for podcasts of all of these programs. You'll also want to download our app to connect with the Bible through live stream teaching, digital Bible studies, and more. If you'd like to send Rawl a personal email with prayer requests or Bible questions, he's happy to respond. His address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. Somebody Loves You Radio is fully listener-supported. Thank you for your generous partnership in spreading the good news of God's Word. Every gift is tax-deductible. We invite you to join us again next time for more from this series. Zeroing in on the mighty prayer life of the faith hero Abraham, you'll be inspired to spend more quiet moments with God. Here's Rawl once again with a closing comment. We don't count on the consequences of sin. We don't think about other people because we're selfish. We think about ourselves. And yet when sin not only becomes king of my body or my life, when sin destroys me, it's not only me. The effect goes what? Like dominoes. My wife, my children, my friends, everybody else gets hurt. Everybody gets hurt, not just you. So before, like Samson, you sin, Make sure you think about it. Take an examination in your heart. And don't do it unless you want to pay the consequences of sin. And that is death. And that's why Jesus Christ came to set us free. To give us his, not only His grace and love and mercy, but that He cleanses us and washes us through His blood. Once and for all, we are free from sin. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.